Welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is me, Aaron. It would just be me for this episode. Um, welcome back. Uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, it's pretty late in today, but I just decided to make another episode. Because, you know, why not? So, uh, yeah. So, it'll just be me for today. So, make sure you give this a five-star rating. And thank you, Belgium, again. You still have the highest downloads. Shout out to Belgium. That is 14. Thank you. Um, now let's move on. Um, please give this a five-star rating. And, uh, or maybe even like a four-star rating. Just whatever you want. Just maybe anything above three stars. Please. Please. Anyways. So, uh, and also follow as well. If you're on Spotify. Um, next, we're going to move on to the story of today. So, uh, get under some blankets, because I'm going to, because I want to get comfy. So, get under some blankets, and, uh, have some hot chocolate, have some popcorn, and, uh, we'll get right into it. So, first off, we're going to start off with the first story of today. So, uh probably only do one story for today but uh yeah let's get this started okay so i'm just gonna come up with a random story today let me think blanket boy so this story is gonna be called blanket boy so blanket boy the reason why i mean since he was a small child, at least like two or three, he always swallowed himself in a blanket all the time. Every time, he, everywhere he went, if he was in his mom's arms or if he was running around, he would always be wrapped around in that blanket. So, my bed just absolutely dying. Um. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's basically, he, like, loved doing that. He, uh, always was in his blanket. Until one day, when he was sleeping, the blanket flew off of him. He he kicked it off of him for once. And it kind of fell over. And then, when he woke up, it was gone. So someone stole it in the night. Someone stole his precious blanket. Blanket boy was sad. So he told his parents, he's like, my blanket, it got stolen. And they're like, it's okay, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. So, the story, you can call it Blanket Thief or Blanket Boy. You can call it either. So, he was chilling, not really though. Um, so yeah, he was going. And eventually, they got the police and they are like, alright, so, uh, his blanket was stolen, so we need to get it back. So there's a search for his blanket. Yes, a police search for his blanket. It's pretty ridiculous, but you know. At first, like the police were like, are you sure it's not anywhere in the room? But then all the parents and the child said, we checked everywhere. It was nowhere. And they're like, okay. So they sent orders and they started looking, searching houses. They literally got warrants for people's houses to bust down and be like, break down everything and find that blanket so 
It took forever. And they still couldn't find it. And eventually, Blanket Boy, he started to get cold. Very cold. Like, extremely cold. Because he wasn't used to being not in a blanket. So, he was getting really cold. Because he was like, I don't have a blanket. I need blanket. So, they gave... But he refused to take any blanket except his blanket. But they're like, you're going to suffer from hyperthermia if you don't take this blanket. But he was like, no. So... They did not give him the blanket. He was like, so which which gave, made him very <sighs> made the parents very sad for him. So they just took him to the hospital and was like, all right, just monitor him and keep him safe while we continue looking for the blanket. Until finally, they did find the blanket, and it was with a raccoon. A raccoon. Sniffed it out because it smelled very good and tasty. Because that blanket was made out of the blanket boy's favorite food. Which was like, apparently the raccoon's favorite food. So the raccoon sniffed it out and grabbed it off him over the night and snook out of the house. I don't know how they got, got a raccoon inside their house. Probably snook in through like a hole. Because their house was kind of dilapidated. Not too much. Because if it was completely dilapidated, that would be, like, terrible. Like, they would not be able to live in it. But it was it was somewhat dilapidated. So they didn't, like, it was, it was pretty bad. So, uh, yeah. So. He was very sad still. But they got the, they found the raccoon. And the, they, the raccoon looked at them and stared into their souls. And it was like. And then the police officers were like, get the raccoon. And they started chasing after the raccoon. And he was running and running with his blanket. And he was like, and he just kind of squeaked in laughter. He's like, yeah, 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 you'll never catch me. So he just kept on running and running. Until finally he banged into a trash can. The raccoon didn't notice and just slammed into the trash can. But then he kind of just like, he had like fast reaction time. So after right after he hit himself, he just kind of like scrambled over the top of the trash can. Because the lid of it was open. And this is in like an alleyway of the city. So he kind of just like. The the top lid of the trash can was open. So he kind of just scrambled over into the trash can. Like normal raccoons do. And the police officers were like. Crap we gotta get him. So they looked into the trash can. And when they looked in. It was hard to see because it was really dark. And then the raccoon jumped at them. And it jumped over their, over their heads. And landed on its feet perfectly. And started scurrying away. And they're like, we gotta get this animal. And the blanket was dragging behind him pretty far back. So, eventually... And also, one thing they noticed was that there were small little nimbles on the blanket. So the raccoon was eating the blanket. Because he thought it was tasty. So the police, they were chasing still. Until eventually, they got so tired... And they literally just had to catch breath and let the raccoon just run off into the sunset. Until the, and it was a few days passed. And one thing that identified this raccoon more than any other raccoons, it had, a, it had a white streak on the top of its body and on the top of its head. So they knew how to identify this raccoon. 
So the next day, going back to Blanket Boy's family, he was starting to suffer of hyperthermia. Very bad. He was like... <laughs> so eventually the parents were like, okay, we got it. We got to just tie him up with a blanket. So they... And also they lit up a fire as well, like at, at the stove, like the doctor, because he's still at the hospital. So they moved like the stove and they turned on the stove to kind of warm him up. And they also... And he refused to wear a blanket. Like he would literally fight the blanket off of him and push everyone away. Like in Blanket Boy, since wearing a blanket... Wearing a blanket all the time, it made him ripped. It made him super strong. So, somehow. I don't know how. He just did. Because he's always carrying a blanket. And it's light. It's lightweighted until you're carrying it all the time. So, it's getting this, like, muscle on him. So, he's pretty buff. So, he could, like, throw you pretty hard. Like, push you really pretty hard. So, eventually, they decided to turn on stove. Which kind of warmed up. And he was starting to feel better. So, he was chilling. So, then, later on, on that day... The police found the raccoon one more, again, same white streak. Because they were just kind of just looking around in the alleyways as well. And checking trash cans and stuff. Same with, there was two groups of police. Two search parties. And one search party saw the raccoon the first time. And then the second uh, one saw a raccoon, but it didn't have the blanket this time. And they, in the first... Uh, pair, the first pair of the the first pair of the police they didn't they were the ones who saw the raccoon but the second pair of police didn't see them and the first pair didn't tell the second pair of police which one it was like the design of the raccoon and the and the parents they didn't tell the kid they didn't tell the parent they didn't tell the police the design of the blanket they just said it's a blanket so if you see a raccoon carrying a blanket you know that it's that, that blanket you know you just know so next time so next they were all just kind of like we got to find this blanket police they were like we have to find it so the second pair found the, this raccoon and it was just like we found a raccoon with white streaks it doesn't have a blanket and then the, the first and the first set of police are like that is the one and they're like it doesn't have a blanket anymore and then they remembered it, it, there were small little nibble marks on it and they were like i think the raccoon ate the blanket the whole thing the raccoon ate the whole blanket so then they were like well crap now we're gonna make this kid really sad so they have, so they go to the hospital and they inform the family and they're like, "We're pretty sure, ninety-nine point nine percent sure, that that raccoon ate the blanket." So, and the kids started crying, and then the parents were like, "It's okay, it's okay," and then they were like, and then they just asked the police, "Can we talk to you for a second? And they walked out outside and they shut the door behind them, and then they were like. We actually, uh, set this up, and the police were ticked, because then technically that would be a false alarm. You don't just order police to help you with this search when you just set it all up, because the parents actually, since... The, the kid was so attached to this blanket, they needed to detach him from it. Because 
it's not okay. It's because, it, in their opinion, it's not okay that she shouldn't be attached to this childish thing for so long. Because he's growing up, he's becoming, he's becoming a teenager. He doesn't need these blankets anymore. So they're trying to remove it from his body. So that's why they got it off of him and they gave it to a raccoon, and the raccoon ate it all up. And then they called the police and they're like, "All right, so we need someone to search this. Uh, we need to search raccoons and find this blanket." So the police were furious, and they're like, all right, this is one warning. We're just giving you a warning and, like, some fear for money, for false alarming, for many days. We would probably arrest you, but we'll just give you, we'll just be nice to you, because, I mean, you have you have a kid and all that, so, you know, we, this isn't how the real world works. I'm just not going to send their parents to jail. That's too dark. <clears throat> Anyways. So, uh... Yeah, so the parents, they came back with their kids, and they were like, Alright, so Blanket Boy, he was still very sad, and he still wanted his blanket. And they were like, you will not get that blanket. And eventually, he was warmed up, and he was adjusting after a few days. And he could, and he didn't have hypothermia anymore, and he could move on from that life of being attached to the blanket. And he was safely and freely freed from the blanket. And that is the end of the first story. Yes, I'm telling more stories by myself. Because normally the ones I told by myself was uh, the Seven Days series. Which I would not recommend uh, sharing with your... If you have, like, kids, I would not recommend sharing that story with your kids. It's, it's like, at least if you have younger kids. If you have, like, teens and, like, whatever. But... Because I'm a teen, so, like, I always want to make the story. But, you know... If they're not, uh... If they don't know that type of story, don't don't show don't listen to the seven days with them, because the, the that three part series is uh, rather dark. Just just show just letting you know. Those ones, all the rest of my stories are pretty family friendly. Some of them might be a little darker than other, than others, but most of them are pretty family friendly. So you can definitely check them out. Especially the, this episode, I decided to make one pretty chill and nice because it's kind of showing as a good moral of the story. Besides about the my other ones that just have fake morals. Anyways, let's continue the story. Let, let's add a, a, not continue the story. Let's make another story. So this one kind of connects to the. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't. Never mind. Alright, so I'm going to make another story. I'm trying to think of something. I'm just looking around my room to find something that might be interesting to tell a story about. Hmm. The Light Tree. So, this la- I'm probably this will probably be the last story of this episode. But it is called, depending on how long it is. It is called the light tree. So people, they would always. It's it was in the center of this uh, small little village. So it had these little stone uh, stone rocks circling the, the tree, and it glows. And then there's also a, a circle of houses that circles around the tree as well. So that's kind of the main design. And then there's a bunch of hills surrounding. And then it's kind of like a dune not a dune it's kind of like a dip you know it's kind of like a bowl 
so they're in the bottom of the bowl so like the trees at the bottom of the bowl and then it rises up so there's big hills behind all of the behind the circle of houses there's just this big ring that's like kind of like becoming a hill so they're in like a bowl so like you could like slide down into the city not the city into the small little town so there was a small amount of families but like everyone knew each other because they were all knowing each other so if you think about like whoville or something it's kind of like that so uh they uh they they always would go to the glowing tree and give wishes and most of these and most of these people they were all very humble and they always gave good wishes and they were like i want a lemon i want some food for today i want food for everyone here i want a pot i want they they were asking for little things and the tree was happy cuz the tree had emotions it was happy and joyful and freeful and they loved giving wishes out to these people cuz they were so kind and humble until one day there is this this pack of people they were coming in on carriages and they've noticed this bowl shape and they're like oh that's that little village we've been passing by all the time and they and they're like well there has always been this like glowing tree there and i want to check it out this time so this family they get out of their carriage or their wagon or whatever you want to call it they get out of it it's 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 um leashed to two horses so two horses move the carriage it's a, or the wagon or whatever it is it's kind of just like one of those classic wagons so they get down and they these people are very fancy and they are have many riches they have like millions of dollars they're like millionaires so they're wearing all these fancy clothes and as they're stepping down into the bowl they're like getting all dirty and stuff so it's like a long hike so eventually they're gentle they're henchmen they get these little stretchers and they just let them sit on them and they have to carry them all the way down to the bowl because there's a staircase that so then you can go up out of the bowl and down into the center and where the tree is so this family they're going down into the bowl to greet this small little village so they're going down and then eventually they get to the reach the bottom and they get off the stretchers and the family like oh that was so tiring but they were literally getting carried the whole time by their henchmen and they did not get any water those henchmen they did not get paid anything either i mean they did get paid but not that much money they only gave them like maybe 10 dollars but they kept everything else every a little tiny little cent and then they just kind of spy on these people like they haven't noticed like the the village hasn't noticed that they have came so they kind of just spy on them cuz they notice that everyone's leaving their houses and they're going to the center of the tree to give wishes. And they're like, whoa, that's really cool. They're giving out wishes. At least I think so. And they were like, kind of like, they could hear them saying like, I wish for this, I wish for that. And it was happening. They saw like people getting like pots. They were appearing in like sticks and they were like wondering, I want to do that. I want to wish. And they already have millions of dollars. Remember that they have all of this great things and they still want more but all of these other humble people they just wish for these little things each and every time so they come and they go over to the tree and they're like 
and they go to the tree and they're like hello people and they're like hello and they kind of like like kind of bowed to them the men and they kind of just like all of the village people they were very nice to them and they greeted them until the people until eventually they started giving them stuff and welcoming them welcoming the family because they thought that maybe they would start to live there and after a while they were feeling very nice about this and this rich family they felt like kings and queens so eventually they went up to the tree and they wished for to live there and the tree accepted because they didn't really the tree like was happy and didn't really think about what might happen and they think the family was probably good so it was allowed to wish there, and it just appeared. It just built a big house, and that's where they lived. It was the same type of house as all the other houses, and the family didn't like that. So they were like, "I want a big house," but then the tree did not give them it. And then all of the other villagers are like, "Calm down, Miss. We do not be rude to the tree. The tree." If we are kind to the tree, then it will be kind to us. And then the rich family was like, I don't care. I want what I want. I deserve it. So, they continue. So, the villagers are very kind. And they're like, you need to calm down because this is unacceptable. Do not be rude to our tree. And eventually... They just told their, since the tree wasn't doing anything, they just told their uh, henchmen to just build extra things by cutting down the wish tree. They're like, cut down this tree so then we can build a better house and all of these villagers will bow down to us and make us kings and queens. And the villagers were terrified about this idea. And when the tree heard this, it got mad. And instead of glowing, it turned very dull and almost red. And its root started to uproot itself, like pull itself out of the ground. And it started to become alive. And you could tell it was sad. And all the villagers, they were, they were feeling sad too and stressed out. And the tree could feel this. And they loved the, these villagers dearly. And then... The tree talked. It opened up a mouth and it said, If you don't leave now, I will throw you out myself. And your and I will take your henchmen and they will become villagers. Because you are not treating them good. But all of you, your family shall be thrown out. And the family was just like, You can't do that. We are kings and queens. And eventually, they, they told, Henchmen, cut down this tree. And the father of the rich family was like, If you don't do so, you will not get any money and you won't be paid anymore. And eventually, they just kept on peer pressuring them so the henchmen had to do it. They grabbed axes. And right before they were about to swing, their uh, tree said, Roots grabbed the henchmen and threw them across onto the ground. It just knocked the axes out of their hands, and it kind of just landed. And one landed on the hut, on the wife's foot, but it, it was on the dull side, so 
it just smashed, it, it didn't cut her foot, it just kind of like, smashed her foot, it just like, it hit her hard, and she kind of just fell over a little bit, and she was just like, ah, and then the tree was like, now you know my power, so leave now, if you don't want to feel any more pain, but, uh, but all of them, they still did not care. And eventually, the tree uprooted its roots and touched the whole family. And it turned them all into wood. Wood statues. And the wood statues, he, the roots picked up the root, uh, statues and threw them out. Because they didn't even want to see them. So they, the, the roots just threw the statues off out, out of the bowl. And they let the henchmen stay. And they said, now you are free and you can live here. And you can grant witches, wishes, but be very kind. And eventually, the villagers calmed down the tree and said, Thank you, tree. We did not want to have these kings and queens, queens be in charge of us. So thank you. The tree was very happy, and and now they were all kind and loving to one another. And that is the end of the glowing tree, or the wish tree, whatever you want to call it. The light tree, that's what it's called. I'm feeling a little extra goofy, so uh, we're going to have one more story, and then I'm going to call it the rest of... That will be the last story of this episode, this segment. So, uh, let's get, let's see... It'll be a little short. I'll, I'm trying to get hit to about at least 30 minutes. Um, let's see. Um, maybe, uh, the globe of time. Okay, let me tell you more of the story of that other episode, actually, first. The, of the other uh, stories just before. Don't be greedy, kids. It's not a good thing, because then you might end up as a statue one day. By a tree, just saying. Don't be greedy. <laughs> be humble and kind to others. Anyways. Now, let's move on. Uh, now let's, mm, yeah, so the Globe of Time. So this, so this was a royalty family. They lived in a palace, and there were all these, uh, and they had this globe, and it controlled all of time. And they did, they did not use this wisely. They always spend it and to, to, like, go back in time and save people. And, uh... Not to save people, but to find... There is all, all these gold rushes in the past. So to get more rich, they always spin the wheel to go back in time and find more riches. So they would always go back in time to get all this gold and stuff from gold rich uh, things. Until one time, it was in this Indian tribe. And they had they owned a gold rush, so they went back in time to go get a gold rush and get gold from that area. But then the Indians, they were like, "You cannot pass." And the kings and queens, 
ended up just uh, being like, no, we will pass. And they got guards to come back in time with them. And they fought through the Indians and they got through and they found this treasure chest. And they opened it and it was nothing. The gold rush was a hoax. And that's why you read up on your history before you go in the past. Just saying. It was a short story, but just saying. They opened it and there was nothing there. That's why you read up on your history and find out about the gold rushes and see if there were hoaxes or not. Before you just go and assume that it was one. Because they all ended up being stuck there forever. Because while they were gone in the past, a rebellion happened. And they broke the globe, which got them stuck in time, and they had to stay with the Indians forever, and no fortune. Because if you break the globe, it would just break it, and you can't go back forward, and you can't, if you were in the, in the future, and you're trying to go back, you can't go back anymore. And if you're trying to go to the past, or if you're trying to just go back to the present, you can't. So they were stuck there. And then there was a lot of anarchy until people started to become true uh, peaceful to one another, and yeah. Anyways, that's gonna do it for this segment. Uh, I'm not gonna say goodbye yet. Please give it a five. This story a five star rating. I did enjoy giving these three stories. This one was super short, but you know, just trying to spice it up a bit. Maybe I hope you enjoyed it. This is probably, like, this is probably one of my favorite episodes to do for, like, uh, by myself. So, I'll have to do another one like this later. Uh, remember, I'm doing a marathon on Fridays. At least I'm going to try to. If I can do a marathon every Friday, that would be cool. Because that, that would be a good episode. Because marathons, they're, they're long episodes. They're over an hour long, each episode. So they would have, like, a lot of stories in them. And normally they would be with me and Preston. If I had to do one by myself, I could always do it. It wouldn't be as fun, but I could still do it. So there should be one on Friday this week. Make sure to check in. I will actually have, like, a schedule for that episode. I'm not sure what time it will be. Because I'll, I'll have some more episodes before Friday this week. So be prepared for more episodes this week. So far, I've made, like, about an epi- about an episode every every day, so I'm doing pretty good, honestly. So, yeah, that's gonna do it. See you in a bit. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah.